a Shishkin Productions podcast. I want to make sure that I get it to them quickly. So it just takes a lot of stress off my plate if I can wake up, edit it real quick. Take some stress off your plate. You got oh, a stress yeah. plate? I got a stress plate. <laughs> I got a plate full of stress, yeah, anxiety, yeah, depression. <laughs> takes some stress off my plate. <laughs> What's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Real Podcast. Yo, what's up? What's up? We're here. We're sizzling. We're doing it. It's the second day of fall. Yeah. So technically, when you're hearing this, we're way far into fall. Like it, far technic- five days. Probably. Technically, when you're hearing this, Alexia and I are in New Orleans on yeah. site working when you're an here, event. When you're here, you're family. You know? Is that Applebee's? When you're hearing this, you're family. That's the <laughs> Sizzle Real promise. Um, yeah, we're at uh, Applebee's right now. Yeah. No, we're in New Orleans. <laughs> we're in New Orleans. You're going to hear an episode of us recording in New Orleans. We just That's got true. this nifty Zoom recorder. We were, yeah. We were, we were, we were, What's it called? The the pod? The pod tracker. The pod tracker. Like a pod track with like no Now this C. is pod racing. Pod tracking. track. Uh, I was going to do the impression of that look like flying, a pod the flying bug who's like the mechanic in it, but I was like, I don't want to do this impression. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would always borrow Tyler's whenever we went. And I was like, you know what? We record enough podcasts now, 104 episodes, that yeah. we should probably have a mobile recording setup. Right? So. I, I used to have one, and it disappeared one day I don't know where that randomly. Went. But this is specifically made. It's got four headphone outputs. Each one has its own uh, volume control. And then it also has four mic inputs that each have their own control. And you can even somehow plug a phone up to it so you can take calls on it. It's fucking yeah. weird. I don't so know. It sounds like the cold line is about to become a hotline. Hotline, hotline. Um, no, not really. It's never Chris, going speaking to. of the cold line, why don't you tell people where they can find us before we get into it? Well, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Gang. We have Gang at gmail.com. Send us an email. We might read it out loud on the air. And, of yep. course, we have the Sizzle Reel cold line. Brr. That is 332 332- Three 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 forty three sixty one. Call in, yeah. do it, and also follow us uh, at Shishkin Productions on, on TikTok. TikTok, yeah. yeah. If you, uh, fuck all that, call the cold line. None of you are calling. It's whack. It's, it's whack. Pretty, it's pretty whack. We have one person who calls. It's Joe, um, but that's fine. That's cool too. But yeah. I think other people should call too. Nancy, yeah. we're looking at you. Yeah, come on, Nancy. Come on, Nancy. Do you, do you even still listen? Come Nancy? on, Nancy. It's been like seventy episodes. Have you fallen off? Three three two three 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 four three six one. Or if you want an easier way to remember it, Feb Def H Dog. Feb Def H Dog. February in. is cold. February. You definitely want to call in. Definitely want to. H Dog. Yo, hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so call in, you hot dogs. Um, Chris, you were in What's charge up? of the rundown this week because I was just fucking slammed with work. So yeah. you have a lot of good stuff on here. No, I don't but know. Let's start with what's going on this week. What's going on this week? Well, we uh, officially, I think probably have wrapped up the MLS questionable Q&A videos the first couple social Not 98% yeah, 99% the, the social cuts went live today or at least one of them did yeah. looks great on TikTok we did an amazing job with the positioning yeah we really we actually did a pretty decent like there was no notes on it yeah, you know and pretty we, cool. we pretty much just like aligned it ourselves so um hiking with rappers is wrapping up uh mm-hmm. for at least for the time being, because we're going to be unavailable for the next couple of weeks. We might have some more days on it in October. We'll see. I'm going to make a promise right now to you and to yes. our listeners. Okay. To me? <laughs> yes. That we will never take a project like that for more than three weeks at a time. Yeah. We'll always yeah. set a one week buffer to relax and fucking chill. It's really, because, yeah. I, I, I've said it before, I think on air, but 
I have, it's been a fine project. Like a lot of those complex projects get really in the weeds and by like V5, six, seven, I'm just like so over it. This one really has been chill. The post producer on it's really good. And it's like, I personally am not interested in the content, but the actual process has been, I mean, very fine. My, my rule of thumb with shit like that though, is like any project. Yeah if you you can't work on it for more than like three weeks at a yeah. time and then you need a break because you're not gonna you're just gonna get burnt out on mm-hmm. it or at least i do the most amazing thing so we just delivered like a v1 the other day and now we're on i guess v3 but the notes have been pretty straightforward and most importantly no music notes yeah, like yeah, to, yeah. to have yeah. an 18 minute episode with no music notes it's kind of nuts yeah i'm sure i mean maybe they're coming we're handing the project off so it's going to be another editor's problem but it's always nice when uh i don't know there's been something very enlightening recording this on a friday it's been like a chill day because you know like okay yes technically next week a gig starts that's like on site and we're going to be, yeah. it's actually more stressful in a way. It is. It's, but it's a different kind. It's just, a, you, you you touched on this earlier today is like, I'm just happy to be out of the office for a bit on site working somewhere else. It is. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's been a while since we traveled for work. Well, I guess it's been like six weeks, but still it's, yeah. it's just always nice to be on site on a project. And this is one of those typical, uh, like keynote speaker, quick turn, yeah, like you know, tech, highlight like, just videos. like a tech event where like they, they drop the footage off to you. You mm-hmm. edit like a little interview and then get it out the door. I, and know? I think in one of our meetings, they even literally said that speed is more important than quality. And it's like, yeah. oh, great, because that's how I used to edit news. Like, well, it's just good that they understand that, that like, yes, y- y- we could take two days on this, but yeah. then it's no longer relevant. Exactly. So it's more about relevancy. Than and I mean, it's, look, it's still going to be good. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, I'm excited for it, though. Outside of that, I'm excited to get down to New Orleans, down mm-hmm. to the bayou. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got a, a fucking some sort of chicken wings or something, or I guess a crawdad. A crawdad, know? some yeah. raisin canes. I'm going to eat some one, voodoo chicken. My goal is to eat one crawdad, one whole oh. crawdad when I'm there. Okay. A whole crawdad. Whole crawdad, shell and all. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. I'm going I'm to see what I can do. I, you guys I, will find out on the next episode. Did I eat that crawdad? <laughs> the crawdad challenge. That's going to be some some uh, shoulder content for the yeah. for the socials. Yeah, for the socials. Me trying to eat a crawdad <laughs> or just like like throwing up and choking everywhere. It's not, not, not good. No good. Needs more butter. Yeah. Um. No, but I'm excited. We're, yeah, we're going there in a couple of days. We'll be using this new pod track to record that. So yeah. Yeah. Should be a good time. We got to um, remember to pack those microphones. Yeah, we got to got to got to get them. Got to bring them. Um. Let's see. What did I do this week? I've been doing a lot of fucking shit, man. I've been working on Intel stuff. Yeah. Been yeah. doing that MLS stuff. And then I got podcasts to edit after this. Damn. I'm probably going to come in tomorrow, actually, if okay. I can finish this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of here early. I'm trying to get out of here early summer, today. Summer, fall, Friday. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of here early today as well. And I'd, ra- I'd rather like work like four hours today and then like two hours tomorrow or yeah, three hours tomorrow. I like I don't mind coming in on a Saturday by myself, but like... You know, it's uh, yeah. I just want to get out of here right after this. So yeah, that's that's my goal. Same, same. Uh, Matt, so Matt King's not gonna like to hear that. He's oh. gonna be like, "What does does he, he said have? He was here. He has notes. Technically, for you. I think I am currently uh on call. And like, if more notes, just come throw in. that shit on a drive. I don't work at home. I, don't do it. I really don't. I, I I made that my promise to myself when I moved to the new apartment. I was Damn. like, no working at home. I like working uh, at home from time to time. I I like uh, working on stuff for fun at home. I got you. You know, like doing music stuff or like 
doing you know album art or podcasting but like i don't want to i like I, I like quick turn edits at home like so every week we do the uh major league soccer goals of the week uh and then a few days later they announce the winner and i edit the winner video and you just edit it straight on your laptop or do you plug into like a screen straight on my laptop yeah, yeah. that makes sense i guess like I mean, it, if it's quick it is quick exactly so like if i'm going to be like work from home for a day or two and I have real projects, then I, I hook up to my, so you, my screen. But for something, you know, it's too, it's a 15 second video and like a 40 second video. Right. So made I just out, made out of like one pre existing video. That's a string out already. It, that's exactly. baked in. like for, for me, I wouldn't want to do this at home. Cause it's like an 18 minute video yeah. that features like three different cameras from two shoots and then a third shoot that has a different camera that's a whole different codec and then b-roll from like across four different shoots and two different string out it's yeah. just like i'm not gonna be doing all that shit on my laptop there's no definitely way. some projects that i'll be like this it's gonna take an hour just to get the setup right because you know yeah. i have to like download or, or make sure that I'm logged in for certain plugins um, and like go in and deactivate other computers to reactivate the one that I'm on for whatever reason. You know how it goes. It's just like yeah. lots, you know, all of a sudden I have to install fonts that are on my work computer that aren't on my it's laptop. It's all the little things you don't think about. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, but for, for the MLS one, I've been doing this workflow for like, you know, four or five months now. And mm. it's nice because they always, they come to us with the winner at like typically like 9am. Well, mm. we're never in the office that early. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I get it to them quickly. So it just takes a lot of stress off my plate. If I can wake up, edit it real quick. Take go. some stress off your plate. You got uh, a stress yeah. plate. I got a stress plate. <laughs> I got a plate full of stress. Yeah. Anxiety, yeah, depression. <laughs> Takes some stress off my plate. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say uh, that that makes sense. You know, it's like 9 a.m. You knock it out because what's the point in fucking getting that email then being like, OK, cool. Now I'm going to walk 20 minutes to the office to sit here and in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, finish it. Exactly. And then I'm sitting here doing nothing. It's exactly. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, but for me, uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm going to see how long I can do this. The no work at home. Yeah. No work. No work. No work. None. Uh, Chris, so you made the rundown today. I did. Uh, you put a bunch of shit on here, so why don't you pick one? Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, this first thing that stood out to me, this is from No Film School, and it's about uh, the title of the article. Oh, pardon me. Uh, the, <laughs> so that, that, that coffee's the, coming back up. The coffee really got you. Uh, the title it's of the article. all the stress you've been eating from your stress plate. <laughs> I mean, drinking coffee is basically drinking stress it's, it's at a certain point of the day. It's a good point. Uh, how the House of Dragon intimacy coordinator creates an open dialogue on set. So what stood out to me is that there is an intimate intimacy coordinator, which, you know, in, after reading it, it makes perfect sense that this exists but I just never considered it or thought about it. Uh, yeah. But basically, it talks about how the first part of an intimacy, intimacy coordinator's job is to work out what it is the director wants and how the actor feels about that idea, establishing what their limits and boundaries are. Then they work out the physicality and blocking of a scene with the coordinator during rehearsals. Uh, the role of the intimacy coordinator is to ensure that the environment is safe and the, the actors don't feel uncomfortable during intimate moments. And those moments don't just stop at sex or movie scenes. It's honestly good that they have uh, this position. Especially with the way Hollywood's been. Can you imagine, though, like having the pressure of directing a scene like that and you're just like you might not even be trying to like put someone in a situation yeah then afterwards turns out like they actually 
hated that entire scene and that entire day and it like stressed them out and it was terrible exactly and you're like oh shit i was just focused on the camera like i wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention to you really you i know? just thought you weren't thrusting hard yeah, enough it's it's good it's kind of a it's it, it is an unknown it's it's kind of one of those things where you think about like all of the unknown positions that exist in the um in the industry and you're like oh shit never even thought about intimacy coordinator yeah i and feel I, like they would have to have a background partially in like you know, acting and theater and filmmaking or whatever, but also in like, uh, I don't know, like, um, uh, maybe like conflict resolution, resolution or, or like just, moderating or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, you know, it, they, there's a line in here about how that show depicts many moments that are uncomfortable to view, like the birth scene in the first episode, incest and talks of underage marriage. So it sounds like that role is actually a role was developed for Game of Thrones. <laughs> they were like, all right, dude, after like two seasons of this, they're like, we need someone to do this. I mean, it sounds like that that person has a lot on her stress plate. Stress like, plate. She got a full stress plate. Yeah. I mean, like that's that's a lot to be in charge of, you know, like I, it sounds yeah. it's just crazy to me. I, mean, I, I is, could not do that. Who did they who did they talk to? This is on uh, nofilmschool.com. They talked to uh, Miriam Lucia. That's the name of the uh, the intimacy coordinator for mm-hmm. House of the Dragon. Yep. So I wonder what her IMDb is like. I mean, I'm not going to look it up right now, but I wonder if she's done it for multiple shows or, or what's going on. That's that's so interesting. I also wonder like how much if she has to be cognizant of like different uh, contract details, like. Probably. I'm sure a lot of these actors probably wouldn't even be hired for a show like this, depending on what they're yeah. willing to do or not. But it just sounds sounds like a lot to juggle. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's the same type of, you know, profession as like being like a being like a therapist or something. It, yeah. it seems like just as hard as that. Like I have a friend who who's a therapist and she she has to. She has so many clients, it's crazy. But every day, her workday basically is 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. And she has hour-long availabilities mm-hmm. pretty much. And, and, you know, I think she has like 20 clients. And it's just like, bruh, 20 clients? That's so 20 many. 20 people talking to you about their problems and you have to keep all of this shit straight in your head? Yeah. Uh, I was like, that is more stressful than you should be going to yourself. You you, you, <laughs> need, to, you need to block an hour. You know what I'm saying? That shit is nuts. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised if this intimacy coordinator, like ha- her job doesn't just exist on set. Like she might be meeting with all these individual actors, probably, uh, con- you know, constantly to, yeah. to figure out where they are. And she has to, you know, much like your friend, keep in mind who has what boundaries and making sure Just that none balance, of them get like, crossed. Literally balance everything and keep straight in your head. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, no film school. You know how you know what we do basically on this show. We just like do the no film school recap yeah when, when we we're just steal content and talk about it whatever i mean hey espn does that right they talk about sports that happened that's <laughs> good good <laughs> you point. Know yeah, I mean? like I a mean, sport happened they talk about it yeah um i, I want to touch on this one real quick that i threw at the bottom here uh and you probably didn't get a chance to read it but not. it's okay there's not much to read it says uh this is why that that's what they do with their like headlines now they put like why you blah blah blah, blah. Uh-huh. Like, why i should click clickbait this is why we need to return to physical media hmm. um it kind of goes hand in hand with another one you put up here with the paramount showtime merger yeah but um one of their big things they said you don't own digital media even if you buy it i know you Dude. and i were talking about this the other day where i was like 
we were talking about more video game perspective where I was like, I don't buy physical video games and I never will again. Like, I just don't feel the need to ever do it. And then, you know, the flip side of it is, well, if that video game gets like pulled or whatever, like, you don't actually own it. That happened with Steam recently. There is a video game and like this happens every once in a while where when you buy a digital version of something you're not you're not buying it you're buying a license to view it and they can revoke that license at basically right. any time for just about any reason and that you know that's happened on steam which is a you know a gaming uh launcher platform yeah uh it, and like you know there's all these competitors and for the most part they let their content live on there because it so many more people have access to it but a lot of shit is exclusive and you know they'll they'll decide their that this company you know this company is going to make their own launcher and then they'll pull everything right. and it's like well I used to own this and and now I don't well that that's kind of what happened here it looks like with the person who wrote this they were, they say they uh, were trying to watch Amelie on Apple TV and they bought it for 15 bucks but yeah. then when they went to go watch it the movie was gone uh because, you know, the, the the quote here is, the truth is I didn't own the film. I owned the rights to stream the film as long as the streaming service had the rights. Yeah, it's right. So it makes sense, but it's bullshit. But I don't at even the same time. Buy, like when it comes to movies and shit, I don't buy them. I just rent them. Like when I want to watch a movie on like yeah. Apple TV or whatever on YouTube, I don't even have any of those shits because when I want to watch a movie, first of all, maybe I'm a different different case because I don't watch movies that frequently when i do i know i'm gonna watch it one time and never watch it again yeah so i just go on youtube and i rent it like titanic i watched titanic for the first time a few weeks ago just rented it on youtube for like four bucks i was I like mean, yeah, I'll that's reasonable four bucks to watch a movie that's fine yeah four you bucks know? absolutely but i don't want to buy i don't ever need to buy a movie which is why this doesn't really impact me like i don't ever i don't care to take that movie and put it in my library and rewatch it again and again yeah. and again there's no, not a single movie. I would well, do that so, with. so going off that, like for me, I play a lot of Nintendo switch and for the most part for, for games I'm unsure about, I'll usually buy the physical version because if I end up not enjoying the game or if I've played through it and I know I'm just not going to play it again, mm-hmm. then I can sell it. You know, if I buy the true, digital version, true, true, true. then that's money that I'm never getting back. If I buy the physical version, I sell it back for half well, price and you know, I mean, video games are, 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 slightly different in the sense that your goal with the video game is to create replay value a lot of the times with movies sometimes you just want to tell the story but even video games are going in that direction where now it's like hey pay us a monthly subscription fee and just play whatever we have in our library yeah that's because that's kind of what i have now with playstation same and i I actually i love that service i think it's really cool um the the nice thing that playstation does and I, i don't know if game pass does this uh but playstation you can uh you know add it to your library and even once it's no longer that game of the month mm-hmm. as long as you're still paying for the service then you get to keep playing it oh, that's so pretty cool. like you know you basically have their entire library of games as long as you're keeping up with it and downloading them each I, month i think another thing with again the difference there is that um there's less competition like it's it's more yeah. it's more monopolized where it's like sure. there's sony there's microsoft and like then, St- Steam, I guess, like Valve or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but like absolutely. that's it's it's all that's almost a totally different lane, you know. They're they're getting they're kind of merging over lately. Yeah, it's, they're a lot more crossover than they used to be. Um, I mean that's about that's about it for this physical media thing. I mean every uh, the other stuff is kind of they're saying, you know, that 
you, you the quality is going to be better obviously like if you're if you have a blu-ray it's just like playing off of that blu-ray you don't have to like rely on your network connection to determine your streaming that's, quality that's right? a big part so of it too that's part of it um again it's for me i feel bad saying this because i'm just not like a I, i'm just not like a i don't need the movie in my hands sure. i'd rather either go see it in a theater or rent it i don't care to like own the movie uh, which is fucked up because I think that's probably the best way to like benefit the filmmakers. Yeah, but whatever. I'd- I mean, Lisa owns a ton of DVDs, um, but for for me personally, I haven't bought a physical movie in like ten years. I just, but I've never really done that. Like even when I was renting DVDs, what I would rent was I would go to the library and check out a DVD. Yeah, and like that's how I would watch it, and then come home and. Uh, do a what's it called like that a disc image thing and basically like save it to your computer <laughs> basically yeah i absolutely used to do that but usually what was happening was i was watching them in on my my little first generation macbook um mm-hmm. in my car while i was skipping school um two more things you put on the rundown one is about showtime and paramount merging one is about the people's joker yeah let's just get into the showtime stuff because that's kind of what we're talking about yeah. uh this is kind of just talking about what Paramount Plus slash Showtime merger could mean for niche streamers. And first I mean, of all, it, I it, thought the niche streamers in question were going to be the people making the shows. Turns out it's people who stream yeah, niche shows, I guess. I mean, well, we've talked about this before, but like the, the reductive version is it says here, long term, the merging of Showtime into Paramount Plus will create one of two possible ripple effects. More services will be will seek to be bundled together in a recreation of cable TV. Another is that cable TV itself becomes the grand amalgamator of content, offering subscribers access to streaming services run by TV networks. So, like, I guess what they're saying there is that cable it doesn't necessarily exist the way it does today and always has where you flip through channels, but maybe mm-hmm. you get different packages and are able to stream through your cable service. Um, it, it, it's all, it's all a big fucking money grab. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. It like really I, is like to me, this showtime and paramount plus merging means absolutely nothing. I just don't care about either one of those. Well, things. paramount plus I know has a UEFA champions league. That's yeah. Kind of and the, yeah, they have some CBS stuff. I think they have some NFL stuff, but the what doesn't make a lot of sense to me it says that paramount plus is already like it's like a dollar right now it's a dollar less or a dollar more than what showtime costs as a separate subscription mm-hmm. so when these merge is is the paramount plus price going to stay the same or is it going to increase to to justify all the new showtime stuff but, you know a lot people don't want that necessarily like when you're subscribing to paramount plus it's probably for something very specific yeah. and you don't want to have to pay an extra five or ten dollars a month on top of that to get, to get all this to other get shit that you didn't ask for exactly yeah. and then you know that's i think we talked about that with uh the discovery plus merger with hbo or, HBO, or whatever yeah, it is yeah. and you know it's just they're they're taking a really good service and and kind of structure and they're destroying it like th- the, the I, corporate I, greed's getting the to reason it again. i think that they're destroying it is because it's not it must just not be sustainable like there's probably just probably not enough of the pie that just goes back go to, to capitalism right yeah, what well, like it always, has it has always. to be it, it can't just be 
hey, we're still making money. It has to. You have to have growth year over year, which yeah. is just literally un, unsustainable. Yeah, it doesn't it, work. Yeah, it absolutely doesn't work. Late it's stage unrealistic. capitalism. It's all uh, going to crash. Another capitalism problem is the the people's joker. Yeah, so the People's Joker is a a film that premiered at TIFF, and uh, it's basically a trans coming of age film that's a riff on uh, the Joker and Harley Quinn using those characters as a metaphor for the trans experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so the film is a parody, so it should be covered under the fair use and and parody under the First Amendment. However, Warner Brothers served a cease and desist order against the film uh, and subsequent festival screenings have been canceled over rights issues. So once again, like uh, that sucks because they it sounds like they're legally in the right to do this. It's a parody, but they probably just don't have the financial backing to 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 take on Warner Brothers like. It's money wins. It's just so so absurd how how companies like Warner Brothers and Disney can basically bully everyone into keeping their IPs forever and just ignoring copyright law because they have the money to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of nuts to think that it did screen at TIFF and that that theater had the people the only people ever who were probably going to see it seriously it's fucking nuts it, it so the film opens with multiple disclaimers stating that it's an unauthorized parody and includes a full screen credit for the production's copyright lawyer and and uh the uh, writer for slate he recalls writing in his notes this will never be shown again about 10 minutes into the screening it's it's kind of cool i mean it's it's interesting it's uh uh, yeah, it's it's just a bummer. I think that maybe uh, how does it work? It's like if it's a hundred years, then it becomes public domain or something I thought, like that. I thought it was seventy, but 70? I honestly don't know. They're always lobbying to get that shit changed so that they don't have to come up with new IPs and they can just rehash the same shit over and I over. I was gonna say it should be. Um, I think I said this before on a show. I think I think what I said was like either ten or twenty years was. It should just become public at that point. Everyone's yeah. able to use it. I mean, I, I don't mind it being a lifetime. Like if someone comes up with a character in their 20s or 30s, I think they should have the rights to that character for their life. But yeah. after that, I don't think that should be able to be passed down. I don't think a company should be able to buy that and have it in perpetuity. I think 10 years. 10 years. That's it. You make it. It's yours for 10 years. What, and but yeah, but what, what if in eight that? years we're still doing this podcast and then someone else comes out with the sizzle well, reel? You know, it's so funny. <laughs> there was a other sizzle reel. I, I, I looked it up there for a second there when I was typing in sizzle reel podcast. Yeah. This one guy's show would come up and it only had two episodes and it like. And they and came out after it. ours. After ours. Only two episodes and they hadn't posted in like forever. So it was obviously just fell off. Uh, and for some reason it was getting higher placement than us, but, but I emailed anchor. I asked them what was going on. I emailed Did you Spotify. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. I tried. Cause I was like, this is bullshit. Like it we've is. been doing it this is. for a long time and yeah. we actually, not that the content's great, but like the show sounds good. Yeah. Ish enough. Better than, sounds better fine. than that guy's show. We like illegally use Sting's music, but eh, whatever. whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a fair, fair use. Fair use. He stings around for 10 years. <laughs> He's my character now. He's my character. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're good for the first half. I don't know how long we went, but second half's going to be dope. We're uh, doing a round to sound crossover. It's happening. Can't wait. I'll explain a little more when we start the second half. 
Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? the one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say. You gotta walk all your gear up and fly the stairs. Okay, yeah, that's, that's never fun. That's, that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. Welcome back, Sizzlers. Welcome. Glad to have you here for a very special crossover episode crossover self promo hell yeah uh this is sizzle reel meets rounds of sound rounds of sound that's right the big problem here is i haven't listened to rounds of sound so i I have a rough idea of how it works rounds of sound is good i'll explain it to you though so basically rounds of sound shameless plug it's our other show yeah uh it is only available on spotify because that is legally how we're able to play full songs from artists but uh you probably just heard a promo for it because I think I've been putting it as the ad break in this show for mm-hmm. like the last like six months. But uh, basically the way it works is uh, there's a guest and there's a host and the guest is a musician. The host is the host uh, and the host picks three songs from the guests catalog and okay. the guest picks three songs from all time and they don't know each other's picks and then they play them for each other and then they kind of talk and it leads to conversation yeah you know about maybe who influenced this musician or stuff like that or what they were thinking when they wrote this song or mm-hmm. what was going like all that kind of stuff so we're gonna do something similar except we're just gonna be picking uh songs i don't know i was very vague when we came up with this so tell me yeah. what your thought process was in a nutshell <clears throat> well don't give away too much but. no but basically the the idea was pick any any three songs from from film tv from like from media in general that stood out to you and mattered to you for whatever reason yep and that's kind of what i went off of i mean honestly it just made me think of theme songs for the most part yeah. which i think is fair uh and that's mostly I, what i leaned into i approached it more like a songs that were important to me through my career so far okay and that like played important parts and represent things for me so we'll yeah. go through it you got any uh, honorable mentions before we start well uh, yeah actually- hold on a second hold that thought let's play the rounds of sound scissor reel edition theme song here it is scissor reel edition uh yeah so i i do have one honorable mention now that you phrased it the way you just did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say uh, the song I-10 by Connor Hickey. Oh, wow. Because, wow. yeah, because uh, when I first started learning how to work a camera and like doing videos, uh, I would usually do like, mu- I don't know if you'd even call music videos, but it, they were usually like single takes of songs that he would sing. And I-10 was usually like, that was his main that was like his single at that time in yeah. that era um so it just always stood out to me and it was pretty influential in me getting getting into this industry i guess getting some practice yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely a uh 
uh, an important song historically. I'm trying to pull I, it up here because I, I I'm getting my goal is to download it and play it under sure. this. So it's probably been playing so far. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an important song. And I, I would throw in one other honorable mention, but I know that you have it on your list, so we'll just get to it when when we get there. My honorable mention is uh the. You remember that song by the Caesars, Jerk It Out? Yeah. That yeah. song, because that song. from the iPod commercials, those uh, I think those were like such a cool, really like plain concept that it was like so minimal, and it was really, like that was like golden era Apple advertising, which it was like still like so fucking good. Like you'd watch it and go, whoa, that was like a really cool spot. You now, know, now Apple advertising sucks. One that gets to me on, on that Apple note is... Uh, one two three four by Feist, yeah. like that. I think it was an Apple song. It was, yeah. And it, it, it was. like that. I I loved Feist for a little bit there, and like that two thousand seven whatever album that was on the mm-hmm. Reminder, I think. And you know that that commercial got me into this artist, and they they did that with a few artists over the years. I can't remember them all, but you know a- Apple, you know late two thousands, they really knew what they were doing with those commercials. It's true. That's true. I mean, they were they were crushing it. The fucking, you know, silhouette iPods. Oh, all right. Let's do this. Let's get into round number one. That's usually where I put the ding, ding, ding. But uh, God damn, I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this yeah, fucking you are. episode. Um, all right. Uh, you want to go first? Um, sure. Sure. I will. I'll try to mix mine up. I'm going to start with. The theme song for Jurassic Park by okay. John Williams. Okay, you have anything you want to say about it real quick, or should we just jump right in? Uh, we can just jump right in. I don't have a ton to say. All right, we're hearing the song right now, and technically the song is just supposed to play, and we're not supposed to talk over it, but... I don't I think, think we should this, do that. Yeah, yeah I think theme in, this songs case, are weird. in this case, we'll just talk over it. Um, so, here, I'll, I'll take a... A little excerpt from the JurassicPark.Fandom.com wiki. Yeah. Uh, the theme song was first introduced in Jurassic Park when the visitors see the Brachiosaurus. It features gentle religioso cantilena lines, which Williams declared... I don't know how to say things. Which no, I don't even know what that is. Which Williams declared was an attempt to capture the awesome beauty and sublimity of the dinosaurs in nature. This theme is widely regarded as one of John Williams' greatest... Um, it's a classic. It's a classic theme. Absolutely. It's it's just, uh, and there were several other John Williams uh, scores that I considered. I think he did Jaws, and uh, didn't he do E. T. He no. might. Yeah. I mean, probably. Uh, pretty much any Spielberg movie he probably did. Uh, but this one, just like I, Jurassic Park, is one of my all-time favorite movies, especially the, the first one. I probably watch it once or twice a year. Really? Yeah. Any? Well, because Lisa loves it. I've only seen it one and a half times. One and a half. Yeah. The first time I watched, it, I thought it was boring, and I left like after like twenty minutes. It was boring as fuck. Pretty much. Oh, so good. <laughs> Pretty much any time it's like a thunderstorm, Lisa kind of wants to watch Jurassic Park like as a background thing. And yeah, the, like I said, this it starts playing the first time you see the Brachiosaurus, and it just like it really kind of uplifts you and like it puts you in a spot where like could you actually imagine being Seeing a giant ass exactly dinosaur? being Professor Grant and like looking up at this this beautiful peaceful creature that's the size of a building? I will say it goes to show how important like. This is such a fucking, like, a no shit type statement, but how important music is to the visuals, like, to make it really, like, 
happen and to make a moment powerful. You know, well, I know I keep bringing up Titanic. It's because I like literally just watched it. Titanic, but Titanic great. was the same way. Where yeah. it's like that one cadence that he repeats the whole mm-hmm. time. That phrase like is used in many different ways, but that melody is always there. And it at the end, like it, it's what draws like the emotion out of the scene. You're like, holy shit, this shit's crazy. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and like the, we're we're six movies later and this is still the main theme like it's because it's so good it doesn't have to be it's redone timeless. It's, exactly. timeless. it's timeless it reminds me of the uh the theme park have you been to the theme park and ridden any of those rides the in at universal yeah absolutely yeah. I, I love uh universal studios i think or islands of adventure the combination probably my favorite theme park i think like Six Flags, great for roller coasters. Disney is cool if you like Disney. I mean, I enjoy it, but the the IPs aren't as important to me as the Universal ones are, and I just really enjoy. I just Universal. don't like the Universal has all the superheroes. Superheroes are fucking annoying. I like the superheroes, but, but I, I, I want just type. I want to see Harry. I want to. Oh, I love Men in Black. Potter I want to see Harry. Po- I haven't been to Harry Potter World. I haven't been to the Simpsons World, and they're building Nintendo Land there as well. That's supposed to open okay, in a few years, so I cannot the wait. Sims- Simpsons part is. I love it. Yeah. It's old and like not good. Whatever. But I really like it because yeah. I love The Simpsons. So I'm, to me, like it's like my favorite part. I'm trying to get a flame flame and Homer from Moe's. Flame and Moe. Oh, Flame and Moe. Is that what it's called? A I flame and Moe. Yeah, yeah, it might be. I um no, but I gotta say that's a solid first pick. That's like a very legendary one. You know what <laughs> yep, I mean? Yep. I think this is gonna be very interesting because we're going we're into very different. completely different directions with this. Okay. So for my first pick, um I picked a song by uh, Talib Kweli mm-hmm. uh, featuring Currency and I Kendrick Lamar. The, the song is called Push Through. Yeah. Um, this is a song that I think maybe on just until like last year or two years ago, I still had shots from it in my in the reel. Absolutely. Because you it used to start your reel with this. Yeah, it's it's a cool the video itself is it's whatever. Um, let me put the song on real quick and then yeah. I'll explain kind of what what's going on with it. This song pushed through the yep. way it's set up is it's like three verses, right? It starts with currency. Yeah. Who's from New Orleans. Okay. Then it goes to uh, Talib Kweli, yep. who's from New York, from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and then it goes to Kendrick, who's from LA. Yeah. Uh, so each person, they filmed uh, the company that I had an internship with. Me and Joe Nana worked there. Yeah. Plus films. Yeah. We. You got a pen, right? Yeah, we got that pen for fifteen hundred and nothing. You already know. I actually have it on my desk. But uh, <laughs> um, they filmed in New York with Talib Kweli. They filmed in New Orleans with Currency, and they filmed in LA with Kendrick. Yeah. And so this was twenty twelve. Uh, like or 2013? No, no, this was 2012. Yeah, 2012, so, ten years so you, ago. So you you had moved out to LA the year prior, so you right. were still super green. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I really wanted to work on Kendrick Lamar shit, and so then I just like ended up hitting them up, and this was one of my first videos I got to work on mm-hmm. that featured him, and um, you know, let's just hear Kendrick's first real quick. Like 
kindergartners. My vision's bothered by vigilantes that harbor on street corners. Try your hardest to harvest bundles of weed on you. The starving, the speed on you. Stampede on you. Impede on your pockets, then pee on you. Dreams of us living lavish in fabrics of fine linen. Spinning established with women dining and laughing. But this environment got us violent, ready to crash in. To society, take the driver's seat, hope you fasten. Your seat belts twice when I rolled them dice, I crapped. So many times I could build casinos from scratch. Too many depths you might receive from the things you achieve. Relax. That's what my mental say, but my physical's been detached. I'm on some other shit. Like, fuck the government. I'm high your rankings. Where's the mothership? I made a covenant that I was changing, but my luck has been quite disgusting when reality tainted. Where the fuck you been? Left him face down like he was planking. In a cold world where old girl and a homeboy got a motive. You could bitch curl your tribulations. That sensation's insulting. Got a white fee or a mistress, nigga. Which one you indulging? Yeah, I know. This is uh, the first time I ever got to work on any Kendrick-related thing. Yeah. And it was just so crazy just to, like, see... I had a shitty old laptop. To mm-hmm. see, like, footage of him in on my laptop that, like... Well, I, I still remember, like, you when you sent me one of your first reels and that was in there, I was like, this is fucking dope. Like, you're out there working on... Talib Kweli videos and yeah, like I, you know, I was super jealous trying to get out to LA at the time. Never yeah. made it, but I mean, it didn't matter because it wasn't like I was getting paid for this or anything. Yeah, it's just, just it's, a cool memory. You exactly. Know? But to me, what was really interesting is like if you go to this video on YouTube uh, or at least whatever I have pulled up here. Sure. It the top comment is like, I, Talib and Currency always bring like fire bars and like whatever their verses are always good and it's from 10 years ago it says yeah. i don't know who this kendrick lamar guy is but he actually killed it on this and it's just so funny to look back at that blip in time and go holy shit like well, I, wow Ke- this is like a the Grammy. name of them no now, doubt right? no like, doubt no doubt no doubt kendrick is like the the gold standard he's like one of the top five biggest names ever in hip-hop yeah period and so to just be like you know, I remember like just r- r- pulling up, like riding in the car right behind him to go to like the studio. Like what? Like this shit was crazy. I, know, was fucking wild. I didn't even know this type of stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know. Here I am in the thing. And how how was anyone to know? Right. Uh, exactly. I had no idea who he was at the time. It, it's crazy, man. It's just because I was like into discovering new music. Yeah. And I really liked his stuff. And it turned out that he. I mean, that's, fucking, you know, when you live in places like New York and, and L.A., you might cross paths with these people before before they're big. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was cool really about it was that it was just a chance to work on a music video and almost like a what felt like a professional way. Yeah. But, you know, technically, I guess it is a professional video. But what's like that's beside the point. It's kind of like I th- I had this. To me, there was like a cloak of professionalism where I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. It's a real music video. Yeah. And now looking back on it, I'm like every music video is a real music video. Yeah, it exactly. Matter, you know what I mean? Like, because to be fair, that was shot on like some DSLRs. It wasn't even shot on. It was like literally DSLRs, like driving in a car, shooting out the window. Now, like, did, did you edit any of that or did you shoot it or I helped shoot a little bit? Um we drove around L.A. to pick up, do all the L.A. B-roll yeah. for, like, the Kendrick verse. Um, and then I think for editing it, I don't remember if Joe or me, I think we, like, both maybe went through the footage and, like, organized it and, like, kind of synced shit up and yeah. then handed them off a project. 
So we assist on it a little bit. I could have sworn Joe worked on it. I have no fucking idea. I don't really remember that shit. But I'm curious what the the I was stoned post- as hell the whole time. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I'm curious what the post process is like for a music video. Well, dude, fucking it, that. That's what I just described. That's it. Yeah. Basically, it just it also depends on the video, right? If yeah. the video is like, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, and it's just like the artist does like a performance mm-hmm. multiple times, and then the rest of it's B-roll, you kind of just flying, right? But if sometimes it's really scripted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. You, you never worked on a music video? Not, not the post process. I don't think so. I can't think of any that I've done. You know, I've, I've watched Vince do music videos before, yeah. but I, I've just never really been into the idea of music videos. I'll edit one, but I, I'm not like a conceptual thinker like that. I don't have this great idea for a music video ever. I think, I think we touched on it like a few weeks ago. Like what, what's your perfect or what's your ideal? If you could shoot any music video you want, what yeah, would it be? Yeah. And I didn't really have a good answer. I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't really watch music videos, but I, at the time I thought it would be cool. I mean, and I just like did it for a bit and I was like, I don't really. It's like crazy this. because we're still we're on that tail end of the generation that like grew up with music videos like we would get at least I would get home every day after after middle school and I'd turn on much music USA, which yeah. became Fuse because that that had become the yeah, new but, MTV. But with the reason we turned them on, well, I can't speak for you, but the reason I would turn them on wasn't to watch the music videos. It was because I wanted to listen to the music. That's true. And. You know, know, it was was a great way to find new music. Yeah, there was no Spotify. Like if there was Spotify, I would have just fucking used that. But it's like I would either use uh, like I would put that on to hear music while I'm like making food and shit. But then like if I really wanted to do something engaging, I would just get online. I mean, I would would, like chat or I would play Sims or some shit. I would usually watch the games or the the videos themselves just because most of them were interesting. They did did have higher production value because there was, you know less of them being made it was harder to make mm-hmm. but i don't know all right whatever let's get into round number two ding 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 that's where the ding ding dings go yes chris what's your pick what do you got so this one is uh this is by quincy jones shout out to amy's cat quincy jones uh this is a i don't like that cat you know Not you don't fan. like that i i like that cat i don't like that cat i haven't met that i've only met that cat once it was no, kind of cute no good no good uh but this is a song called the street beater it is better known as the theme for Sanford and Son. Chris is immediately grooving to this as soon as it came on. I'm just letting it play. I just think, so I, I don't have any like special connection to this. You know, I Sanford and Son would come on at like Nick at Night or whatever, and I would watch it every once in a while, but it wasn't like one of my favorite shows. I just love this theme song so much. Like, I just think it's funky and groovy, and it's just a dope-ass song. Is it your favorite theme song of all time? Probably. Like, Damn. I mean... Simpsons. Well, Simpsons. That's hard. To, that, Simpsons is hard to like that, to top. Yeah, it really is. You know. I mean, there, there's a lot of good ones, but this is this one's great because it wasn't made to be a, a theme song. I don't think, or I mean, maybe it was, but it, like it plays as a single as well. You know, yeah. like you can listen to this without knowing anything about Sanford and Son and yeah. still enjoy it. And I don't know. I've it's never by, seen a single episode of that show. It's. I mean, it's good. Like that was the seven those seventies. Yeah. 
That whole era of TV is something I never saw. Like, because Nick at Night, like when I would mm-hmm. turn on Nick at Night, the shows that I liked on that shit were like uh, Happy Days and like The Monsters. Those were like <laughs> the shows that I remember seeing on there. I don't remember seeing this on on Nick at Night. You yeah. Know? Uh, well, I don't. Maybe it wasn't Nick at Night, but it definitely used to come on. Um, you know, I had Red Fox in it. It was, uh, you know. It's a classic. It's a, it's classic. a classic. It's yeah. classic. I'm just saying that whole era of 70s and 80s TV, like, completely... I missed the whole boat on that. Like, I, I've i never, like, even dug into it. I've watched a lot of I Love the 80s, but I haven't watched <laughs> a lot of 80s TV. You know what I mean? I um, So this song, like, I will... It's just always in my head. I swear to God, like, I wake up like 30 days a year and it's just in my head. Next time we do Sizzle Real Live, this will be your song when you walk out. Like, you, you can ask Lisa. Sometimes I'll just start, like, whistling this or just I'll just go. So there's, there's a scene in Scrubs where... Uh, JD, uh-huh. d- he goes, and then he gets uh, a response. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just a scene that stood out to me. And I, I rewatched Scrubs over the pandemic. Right. And after that episode aired, I had the song in my head for another month. And it's just like, it's just one of those earworms that never really goes away. I got to say, like, this, you're right, it is, it is pretty catchy. <laughs> but there was a. The, this, like, when we started this with the concept, like, the other day, because we just came up with the concept, like, a couple days ago. We were yeah. like, oh, let's just do a crossover. Sure. This, I, I was like, all right, this will be interesting to kind of pick a few songs. And now I'm like, damn, there's so many other ones that I'm thinking of that I, like, wish. Like, I you said Scrubs. Th- I was like, damn, it would have been tight to use that one Colin Hay song from Scrubs, the Colin Hay from Men at Work, uh, the song Overkill. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I love that, that song. song Scrubs put me onto that song, and that song is like such a banger. And Colin Hay stuff really, all, Men at Work are actually really underrated. It, they're kind of like, um, like a fucking Devo, like in the sense where it's like, yeah, everyone knows like Whip It, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, but it's they have more, they have better songs than that. Same with Men at Work, everyone knows like, uh, Down Under, right? But it's like they have way better songs than Down Under. Absolutely, people don't. You know, I, I think that we have enough. We could probably do another crossover uh, sometime soon because I literally just went yeah. like with the first three theme songs that popped into my head. But like, yeah, you just yeah. mentioned Scrubs. I love. I'm no Superman. The theme song for that and Scrubs in general is one of the best like sitcom soundtrack. I feel like that's what Zach Braff always does. Yeah. He's like all he's all about like infusing his music taste into the right? things like, he makes. Like Garden State, the I like that movie. better than the movie. Exactly. Very forgettable movie, amazing soundtrack. Yeah. I think that's how I got into the shins is, yeah. is through that. Yeah. I remember I remember um I um on the ride to work and would always play, not work, fuck work, school. Yeah. That's how fucked up America is. Is <laughs> that like, I'm like, oh, the commute to work. Because it really was like, it, that's like an hour long fucking drive. You probably worked harder in school than you do in real life. 100%. I got all that shit out of the way. I was like, I'm done working. It, <laughs> it, it trained me. I quiet quit like t- 20 years before it was cool, man. I've, I've been quiet quitted. Um, no, she would always have that fucking, uh, that CD on. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it, it wasn't until... I think I watched Garden State with Anne when we were like 14. It wasn't until years, years after that, that I realized that was the Garden State soundtrack that was mm-hmm. on in the car. Because I was just like, man, we're always listening to the same Shin song and the same Zero Seven song. <laughs> then I was like, <laughs> then it like clicked. I was like, what, what is on that soundtrack? I looked it up. I was like, wait a second. This is all that same <laughs> fucking stuff. So I guess I really like the soundtrack too. Um, 
All right, round two. Round two. I mean, I you know I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it way way back. I'm gonna keep it cinematic with you though. You know, you picked John Williams. That's pretty sure. cinematic. I'm picking Hans Zimmer. <gasps> MLS I anthem. I love this one. Hello, I'm Hans Zimmer. It is an honor to create the new anthem for Major League Soccer as part of its 25th season celebration. With this composition, I try to give fans and the players a feeling of anticipation, drama, and excitement. Everything that makes this game so unique and special. Here it is. some like inception vibes at the beginning it's a pretty crazy song and you know what's wild about it is that like it's played at this every stadium before every game they oh yeah play it at the stadium it's so cool i like, mean but before the mls all-star game when we were on the field that was you know i was taking some like instagram stories or whatever yeah. and i was just putting this as as the sound for it every single time because yeah. Why not? And this this one, I think we even talked about it in like, I think it was the top five projects that we had worked on or something like that. Yeah. And I listed this one because I thought it was one super dope to work, like to make the, the video. I was going to say, this might be the closest you've come to working on a music video. It, it, it really literally is. And I think that's why I picked it is because one, it's Hans Zimmer. That's It's a legendary composer. composer yeah. And two, it was so like I had such good B-roll for it and like, you know, so many different things yeah. to cut. And I just, it's so fun to be able to, to cut on a beat, like, like a, a typical sizzle video. And there were just so many different moments that, you know, like, so it's not just B-roll. It's also them, uh, like the, uh, the orchestra the, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing it in, in the fucking hall yeah. and cutting from that to soccer fans to, to game play. And like, it was, it was cool. I mean, exactly. And there were a few different like opportunities to, to not just match cuts yeah. with, with beats, but to match actions in, in the, the video with the sounds that are going on. And that's yeah. one of my favorite things to do. Like whenever I can pull that off, it makes me feel like an actually good editor. Oh, see that you, you probably would love working on a music video. I personally like, I find that to be the tedious part of editing. Like, yes, when it hits perfectly, it's great. But I feel like so many people don't appreciate it. That yeah. it's like, it's just lost on so many people. Well, and I don't know for me, like my favorite part of editing is, uh, it's efficiency and getting things done quickly. That's really it. Like yeah, I don't I get give. I, I just I take more pride in like someone sending me a thing that normally would take, you know, two days to do, and I do mm -hmm. it in half a day. Yeah, that's where I get my pride from. And I feel like with with music videos, there's no shortcuts. Like you have to really, if you want to make it dope and like hit on all of the beats the way you need it to hit you have to fucking take your time with it. Well, it, is, it doesn't even have to be a music video for me. I remember when we did the uh, the trailer for Coneheads, and like this still stands out to me as one of my like favorite edits that I did. There was s some weird part of a song 
that kind of was like a shh type noise and I used that oh, yeah, to yeah. Like, while the whipped cream was exactly happening. while the whipped cream yeah. was coming like you know pouring yeah, out yeah, of the, yeah. the spout and yeah, it just yeah. it hit perfectly and I was like that's so cool yeah that it, it just works like that yeah yeah when it works it works it's cool I mean that's really it, right that's what pick mo- moving movies are but, but it's very frustrating Sound when it doesn't picture. work when you can't get it to work it's just like yeah it's hell yeah yeah I mean it is it's a struggle it's a struggle with this Hans Zimmer piece though um the reason I picked it was mostly like just because it it seemed like it was uh it was a little bit different it wasn't just like highlight work and i don't know it just it seemed like it was a big moment like it it was a, it was a pretty important moment in like my relationship with major league soccer i think mm-hmm. because like it was 25 it was their 25th anniversary like you could tell that you know i don't know i just felt like there was like good energy around it and that they were like really you know, putting money into their product and trying to make some premium shit. Absolutely. Get Hans Zimmer to compose a piece. And now it's all, it's like next year, the Apple deal. It's just cool. I feel like it's a big, it's like a touchstone point. Like, well, and we, we even got to go to like some fancy hotel in Columbus circle for the, the MLS 25th anniversary. Yes, that, like this was what launch two, party two weeks before COVID. I think. Two, exactly. Yeah. It, it was like February 29th, I think, or something like that. Yeah. 2020 um yeah, david yeah, beckham yeah. was there the, the soccer on, on a leap on a leap day uh 2020 oh it might have been yeah was it i thought it was yeah whatever who gives a fuck but yes you're right the soccer don was there david beckham was there taylor twelman was there yeah and they, they, so, so sick there there was uh, a big room full of you know executives mls big wigs former players mm-hmm. and they showed that video and yeah. people were super stoked on it yeah, people and then it. We, then we walked out we, we were like we feel good about it now we got to see it everyone yeah. liked it and now we, let's go eat yeah then we left i i, I remember having a uh i remember how they had like a lot of little mini things to eat which was yes. good it was like a mini bacon egg and cheese and stuff mm-hmm. they also had a little mini tabasco i still have have that in the hell yeah that's on display in the office um Okay, let's, uh, yeah, but to to wrap my point up, that was the, a real pivotal thing, which made me feel like, whoa, cool. This relationship is good Mm -hmm. there. This company is on the up and up and I'm passionate about what they're doing. I don't even work there. I work, I like work with them. I don't work for them. So it's, and it's cool just to feel like mutual respect too, you know? Well, yeah. And ever, ever since then, our relationship with them has like gotten stronger every single year. Yeah. Yeah. One day they'll buy they'll buy Shishkin Productions. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll rename this the uh, Shishkin Productions podcast pitch. <laughs> We're gonna put down artificial. No, it can't be natural grass. We're putting natural down, grass. This is a soccer specific studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, round number three. Ding ding ding. All right, this is my last one. It is kind of similar to my first one, but it's the Back to the Future theme song. Uh, this is by what's his name alvin silvestri alan silvestri now for this one i I think it's mostly just how i back to the future is one of my all-time favorite movies easily top five maybe maybe number one uh-huh. like i could just re-watch this trilogy over and over i just love it so much and that's really what it is i think it's great and it's 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 very iconic like anyone who's seen this movie immediately will recognize so, it here's the thing to me i'm gonna go ahead and just say it i've only seen this movie once and maybe maybe twice but uh if you this played for me without 
any like screen, mm-hmm. like no pre- preface. Yeah, I would have no idea where the fuck this is from. I would guess like I don't know, fucking the good dinosaur. The good. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I, I watched that movie on an airplane once. It I kind of liked it. To me, it's just like it's generic sounding. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Sorry to burst your bubble. No, right? it's cool. I, I just don't. Like it sounds generic, you know. That's because I don't have any ties to it. Well, yeah, you have to you have kid. to associate it with the movie and, and certain certain moments in it. It is a, it's a good, you know, it's cool, but it's just generic to me. This, you know, it's funny. You picked this and you picked Jurassic Park. I think I think it was in Costa Rica. That was where I first saw yeah. the first twenty five or thirty minutes of Jurassic Park, and yeah. then when I walked out, I was like, I don't want to watch this. Part of the reason was because we had just watched. It was like a group of us. We were there making some sort of short film. We had just watched this, and I hadn't seen it before. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, Back to the Future. Cool. Okay, well, I'm glad that's over. That was fun watching it with you guys. Now, let's go do something like play pool or get drunk or talk or whatever. Well, ironically, we were watching it around a pool table. Around a pool table, yeah. And I wanted to play pool. But everyone was like, no, let's watch Jurassic Park now. I was like, we just watched the fucking movie. We're (laughs) going to watch another movie now? What the fuck? Bunch Bunch of film nerds. Dude, oh my God. Nerds is right. So after 20 minutes, I was like, okay, guys, I'm going inside. I'm not watching. I don't want to watch another fucking movie. We just watched the movie. Yeah. I don't want to watch another fucking movie. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't sit down for that long because Jurassic Park's already a long movie. I mean, to me, the Jurassic Park, the part that got me about it was, it just, it was just like, the first like 20 minutes are boring. It's just, it's just I boring. I mean, but that's, you know? that's most movies. I need that shit to jump right in. You know what I mean? You got that ADD. Like, imagine if Jurassic Park opened with like, them uh, finding, I don't know, like a transformer bite someone's head off in the first five minutes. It'd be way more fun. Okay, just saying. That actually does happen. Someone gets eaten in the first five minutes. That goes to show how much I pay attention. <laughs> Is that actually true? That actually happens. Yeah, the very first scene, someone like gets eat. It's like uh, it's dark and rainy. It's uh, on the island. It's not. It doesn't show the main characters yet, and I don't think you can actually see the dinosaur. But you see someone get like. Trapped in the cage, or just, I can't remember oh, exactly see, how it goes. Maybe I should be writing these things. <laughs> I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. But they know. They know what they're doing. Um. Yeah. Wh- so tell me uh, a little bit more in depth about the uh, Back to the Future one. I feel like I derailed it. No, I, I don't think there's a lot of depth to it. It's just that I, I really enjoy that movie, and there's it. You know, it comes back. Th- you know, there's three movies in in the series, and it it just the the song has enough slow moments enough fast moments it has rises it has you know pretty much you can take a section of this song and put it with any scene in that movie and it's gonna it's gonna play well yeah. and i just really enjoy it hey you know what it's a classic um the night the 1980s you picked all things from the no you had a thing from the 80s a thing from the 70s and a thing from the 90s Hell yeah right? that's what you had and i so far have had a thing from 2012 a thing from 2020 yeah 2020 yeah. and or 2021 it was 2020 no, was it 2020 um and then my third one is coming up right now and what is it what is it wouldn't you like to know yeah i have to go check <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a song from like 2013 or 2014 okay. by some random band from Arkansas uh, called Swimming. Okay. But then they got a cease and desist from a band who was in England who were called Swimming. Mm-hmm. So 
they had to change their name, so they changed it to SW, then like forward slash MM forward slash NG, so it looks like swimming. Oh, I do know this band. And this yeah. song is called Younger. And uh, this song, I'm pretty sure I know this song, is the first, the first ever Tree Fort recap video I ever cut That's was to this it. song. So here it is. This song wasn't like picked because it's a good song or anything. This is like, I mean, not that's that sounds fucked up. It's it's a fine song, but it's just normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing like overly grandiose about it. It's more the memory about what it signifies. What it represents. Yeah. yeah. Again, it led to like the beginning of a bigger client relationship. You know what I mean? So yeah, I thought that was you know it was cool. No, I, I think were you there? Are you at this one or no? Which year was this? 2014. Yes, 2014 I was there. Yeah. That was my first tree fort. So this is the one where I think it was just me and you running around covering shit. Exactly. Randomly, I don't even think we were doing uh, film or shoot. Uh, I think I was just taking photos that year. Did it, did I shoot? Maybe. I don't remember. I think we must have shot some video because I cut this thing. We were right? doing this so, for Gelatinous Blog, though. Yeah, yeah. We did this like on a fake media pass. We basically like just were like, hey, oh, uh, yeah, we're press can we get a video pass to go to the festival for free and they're like sure yeah and here we are eight years uh, later still working we're, we're the we're the recap it's team it's fucking nuts you know and like look i have this is a song that you know next time we do this i, I have a song in mind that also represents kind of something similar for tree fort um you know i've done the the tree fort recaps before but there is one specifically this year after a a rough night for me. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but but the song that <laughs> that day's recap was for. The rough night is because you uh, were tripping acid and yeah. tripping on acid, and then you got caught in a porta potty toilet. I didn't get caught. You got no. You got you got I stuck. Got, I got, you got no, stuck in the toilet. <laughs> I got kicked out of of the the backstage area because uh, I wasn't wearing my my pass. But I had well, I, I didn't have my crew badge, but I had my all access they said, pass. They said, "Who's that sketchy man who just went into the toilet?" Basically, well, and I, you know, I've told this story on here before, but I think like I at first I thought they assumed I was doing coke or something because I it was dark, so I just had my flashlight out and I was taking a while because it was fucking dark. Yeah, and then they just started banging on on the thing and kick me out banging on trash can. but then later that night i edited the video and the song that was on it just like really uplifted my oh, spirits oh is this that one by that chick it is yeah the, like it's kind of like a the rapping chick she's kind of rapping yeah kind of kind of yeah but i don't, don't want to give out to get, yeah, get don't away give too many much. deets don't yeah. give too many deets yeah because because we're going to turn back to it i will say with it. this one um yeah i mean like i said the reason i picked it is just because of because of that right there but um, you know, I was looking at this band cause I was like, man, I wonder what happened to them and they, if, what it looks like. It looks like they're not around anymore. Yeah, I couldn't find them. Um, I think their last album was released in 2016. That was their last thing on their band camp. Um, RIP. but they were part of a label that was a, listen to this. That was a Brooklyn based label who mm. now are based in Cincinnati. Wow. But getting that chilly. the main um, the main uh, artist on that label is a band called, and they're not active anymore either, but it was a band called Shark with a question mark, right? So huh. Shark, question yeah, mark. I haven't heard of them. So let me tell you about Shark, question okay. mark. So when I would first be coming to New York for like, you know, 
for random gigs, right? It'd be for tech gigs. Mm -hmm. I would come here and then I would want to explore, right? So like, yes, we'd go do our like stupid tech shit. And then I would be like, man, I want to go explore Brooklyn and like go to shows and shit. Sure. So one of, I went to one of the last shows at, uh, I forgot what it was called, but like, you know, on Kent, they used to have all of the fucking DIY spaces. Sure. I went to like one of the last shows at this one place down there and you know who played that show? Shark, Shark with a question mark. That's right. I was just like, holy shit, that is crazy. Like, what a step back in time. It just makes you think like all of those, even looking at that video, it was like, damn, mm -hmm. there's so many people, so many bands in this video who like really sacrifice a lot of their time and energy to like make a, a fun space for people to hang around in for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And they just do that over and over and over again, and then the band disappears forever. Yeah, just it's dissolves. so fucking weird. Because, like... Music is like that. Yeah, pretty much everyone in that video, I was like, oh, shit, that band's gone. Oh, shit, that band's gone. That band's gone. That band's gone. That makes sense. It's been, like, nearly 10 years, right? I mean, so. yeah, it's weird, because, like, mu music is kind of forever, but musicians are ephemeral, you know? It's... Mm -hmm. the, the the music lasts so much longer than, than the musicians do. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot can change in those times, but yeah, I mean, that was, a uh, that was interesting. That was, uh, a, a fun, a fun time. And that was, I think when maybe I was still a little more motivated to go mm -hmm. out and shoot stuff. Now I'm just like, eh, you eh. know, I got plenty, plenty on my stress plate <laughs> to, <laughs> to begin with. Um, but you know, then, you know, well, we're still doing it. It's kind of cool. We're still going out there and doing it. We're doing it in a bit more of a controlled fashion. We're not just like fucking randomly shooting at random shit we're being told what to shoot yeah we're being told how yeah. to turn it around so well and uh yeah we'll talk about it some other time but i think we have a new plan of attack for tree fort it's gonna be yeah. a little bit different this time around yeah but we'll, we'll uh, get into that in a few months local hires hires local students teach them a thing or two hire. teach them a thing or two be careful getting local hire in idaho they'll pull you over oh yeah good point they'll pull you over um i have a call in like 10 minutes um, but uh, with Amy talking about money shit, so um, maybe we should kind of approach the end of the show. Uh, yeah, I think I think we've done have, what we need do to do. Do you have something you learned last week? Yeah, yeah, well, I do. We're back in Sizzle Real Land now, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Round of sound is over. Um, the fun is over. All right, well, uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Well, why don't we just play the theme song first? <laughs> <laughs> what we learned last week. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I learned that much like... Uh, humans can be right or left-handed. Uh, many animals are right or left pod. Uh, huh. Or, for like this one kind of blew my mind, elephants can be left or right tusked. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and like one-to-one -one tusk will, will grow longer and be used a lot more than the other one. Damn, that's fucking nuts, man. I wonder if they'll. I wonder if it's like a fifty-fifty split, or if it's, it's the same as. Oh you know, yeah, mostly righties. Right I don't. I don't have that data. I'm sorry. You look it up. You got a week. Um, <laughs> my what I learned last week is about the metric system. Um, I don't oh. know if you knew this, but the U.S. Yes. was supposed to be on the metric system. Yeah, they tried it once. No, no, but it was. It's not even that they tried it. It was like requested to be like back in. I think it was seventeen. 92 or something like that thomas jefferson it was when thomas jefferson was the i think i'm, I'm gonna get a lot of th little tiny things wrong but that's the fine. main idea is there i think he was the secretary of state or something like that mm -hmm. and he was like it was a time when 
measurements were still very different across the U.S. and everywhere. And like in New York, they were using Dutch methods in um, New Amsterdam. Uh, in other places, they were using English methods, whatever. It was all over the place. So he had heard about this new thing that was being developed in France called the metric system. <laughs> and he was like, yo, we need to do the metric system here. So he sent like a letter to the French like government. Basically, yeah. was like, hey, we want to implement the system in our country. Can you please like send over, you know, someone to to teach us it and impl- help us implement it? Yeah. And so at the time they had a metal rod that was exactly one meter long and they had some sort of weight with a little handle on top that weighed exactly one kilogram. And that was like kind of, you know, the the base units. Right. OK. And so they sent a guy over uh, to with this stuff, a representative from France to like help us implement the system. Yeah. So they were on the boat on their way over here and they ran to a big storm. It blew them off course and they ended up way south of where they needed to land. And they got basically uh, jumped by uh, British pirates. Of right? course. So these British pirates like took this guy into captivity, uh, but they like fucked him up so bad that he ended up dying in captivity and they saw wow. this package that they had intercepted as yeah. well and it was addressed to like the government and so they were like oh fuck uh well we don't want to open this we don't want to fuck with this like we already killed this guy like this is not good let's uh just get this package uh over to wherever morality of by pirates the, by the time all of this fucking happened they Thomas Jefferson was no longer the secretary of state by the time it got back to the U S yeah. that package got there. So, uh, they basically ended up like opening this thing and being like, Oh, what's this? Like this weird metal rod and this thing. And they just kind of held onto it. And, uh, it was held in the family of whoever was a secretary of state. And then, uh, yeah, I don't even know what ended up happening to it, but Basically, because the weather blew this fucking boat off course, we don't have the metric system. <laughs> hey, look. How fucking crazy is that? We we measure our bullets using the metric system. It's true. I mean, we, we're all over the place. But I think it's just so funny that, like, you know, there was a concerted effort made, like, on, on multiple parties' behalfs to, like, get the shit going. And it just, like, didn't happen. You know, it, so weird. in Canada, they they drive, they, they measure their speed in kilometers per hour. But they still measure their cars by mileage. See, yeah, they they don't know what's up. I, I can only think that if this French dude had actually gotten here, things would be so different. But you never know. Um, Chris, that's it, man. What a fucking episode. What a riveting round of pretty good crossover. One. It was decent. It was decent. A lot of a lot of editing for me to do. So yeah, good luck. That'll be fun. I'm not gonna do it today. I'm just gonna come in tomorrow and do it. But hey, we did it. Um Anything else you want to say, or you want to just plug the socials? Uh, let's just plug the socials. Uh, we are it. at Sizzle Reel Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Shishkin Productions on uh, Instagram and TikTok. We are Sizzle Reel Gang at gmail.com. Send yes. us an email. Send us Nancy. two emails, Nancy. <laughs> I'm trying, Jennifer. And most importantly, we have the Sizzle Reel Cold Line. Brr. That is 332 43 That's Feb Def H Dog for all you guys out there. 3322334331. Call in. Leave a message. We're gonna play it on the show. We will. We might. We definitely will. The Some- next message that comes in from what time is it right now? 356 on a Friday. 356 Eastern, Friday, September 23rd. Yeah. The next 
message that comes in will be played on the show in its entirety no matter what it is. Ooh, wow. That's right. That's, That's a, right. That's right. But only if it comes in this week. Nope. No? Just the next one that comes really? in, period. The next one that comes in, period. Wow. Okay. So Could be a this while. Is, this is a, what's it called? A call to action for all one of you who's still listening <laughs> at this point in the show. Um, all right. I don't have anything else, but uh, yeah, look, we'll see you guys next week. From, we'll catch uh, you in NOLA. From the Big Easy. Nolans. I'll be choking on a crawfish. Productions Podcast.